0: Welcome to the World podcast about horses and horsemanship. you found the place where we talk horses. Hi everybody, I'm John Hare. The other day we were riding along the Kern River and it takes us right through Rancho Rio Equestrian Center, which is right on the banks of the Kern River. In the back arena, they were setting up for a clinic. There were eight bales of hay stacked in pairs of two. We wondered what kind of clinic was going on. I grabbed my recorder and began asking questions. Now, I've heard of cowboy mounted shooting. As a matter of fact, we even did a podcast on it. It's a good one. You might want to go back and listen. But I hadn't heard of horseback archery. I learned there was a horseback archery group nearby from Judy Osborne. And Judy, where are you from? I'm also from Hidden Creek Ranch. Now, I notice on your shirt it says Poseidon's Horse Archers, and that's different than uh, Hidden Creek? Uh,
1: Yes. I founded the club with Elizabeth's help a year ago last January, Uh and just the most wonderful people have joined. We've become great friends. We have a great time together, and our horses love this sport. It's such a a horsemanship-oriented sport. Way back when, I have a video that I s- slowed down to slow motion, and somebody pointed out to me, "Look, your horse is watching the arrow hit the target." Oh my! And I noticed that, and from then on, yes, and she, and she gets very satisfied when we make a good shot. <laughs> and very- she gets a little upset when we miss really badly.
0: <laughs> and how many years have you been uh, shooting arrows at? Uh,
1: uh, just a little over two years.
0: Wow! And how many people are in the group? About a dozen. And how often do you get together?
1: Uh, We get together once a month.
0: And then what do you do at a practice?
1: We start with some warming up with the shooting arrows on the ground Uh and then, then warm up our horses in the arena, just get them going and get them listening to us. Oftentimes we will have newcomers who need the arena setting, a little bit more confined area, and uh, work in there. And maybe the more advanced might uh, work their horses up on the on a longer 90 meter track without shooting. Uh-huh. And then later we all get together on the 90 meter track and we're sh- and we're all sh- taking turns and shooting together. And...
0: What led you to horseback archery?
1: I had done some bridalist riding because my daughter taught me how, and I saw Elizabeth's ad on Facebook and. Well, that's something wonderful to do with my hands while I'm on my horse, and, and that sounds like fun. I, I, I bet I could do that. And then two things: I didn't know how much there was to it, and I didn't—I had no idea exactly how addictingly fun it would be. And she wow. is right. On the second day of her clinic, I felt like a horse archer. I was shooting at a walk and taking a little bit of canter steps sometimes, and and just. I was completely and totally obsessed and addicted, and I used to do a lot of horse camping. huh Now I don't really get past my archery <laughs> targets. <laughs> so if I get this
0: right, you, ha- you own a horse, you ha- you're riding around, and then you decided, well... I'd like to go bridalist, and then once you learned the bridalist part, you said, What do I do with my hands? And then you took up a bow and And, and arrow.
1: And when I saw it, and I'd seen a film of somebody doing a cross country with a GoPro, uh, Uh and and, oh, wow, that looks really fun. I would love to do that, but that's way above what I could ever, ever do. And now I'm doing it. Very cool. (laughs) Very cool.
0: That's awesome. And I asked about competition earlier, but it just sounds like you have so much fun, you really don't need to go to a lot of competitions, right? You just practice and And have fun.
1: my first year year I never went to a, a competition I just practiced in front of my in, in my own yard I uh-huh. was hoping maybe my daughter would join me sometimes so we could take turns fetching arrows <laughs> <laughs> Is that the hardest part? Because <laughs> Go <on. laughs> you got to get off right? And, but once she did it's even more fun to have somebody to compete with and, and practice with and and uh, one up each other
0: <laughs> Very cool Well, I appreciate you talking to me thanks so much This Thank is fun you. it looks like fun Next, I was off to find the clinician, Elizabeth Tinnin, because I needed to learn how challenging this was for the horse and rider.
2: I'm Elizabeth Tinnin. I am a full-time horseback archery instructor, clinician, and competitor.
0: Very cool. And how popular is horseback archery?
2: Well, horseback archery isn't known to the average horse person, but It's gaining in momentum, so we have clubs all over the country, and they're more concentrated in certain parts of the country than others, but it's spreading like wildfire very quickly.
0: And you're doing a clinic here in Bakersfield, California, but you're not from around here, are you?
2: No, I actually live in Middle Tennessee, south of Nashville, so yes.
0: So you traveled out here just for this clinic?
2: Yes, and to visit with some of my students and peers as well as compete in, is it Sonoma, Uh, next weekend. So I'll be staying with Heather and Judy of Hidden Creek Ranch and Poseidon's Horse Archers and traveling to the next destination with them.
0: Could you explain a little bit about what a competition entails?
2: As far as scoring and how you gain points, you have multiple runs on either a straight track or a curved winding track. And you are scored based on your time, whether or not you come in close enough to what's called a par time. Most of the time, if you come in faster, you get bonus points for speed. If you come in slower, you'll get deductions. And then you also are scored on your target points. So how many arrows hit, where they hit on the target, or if you hit a certain combination of targets, you may get bonus points for that combination.
0: And how long do you think it'd take to get kind of good at this?
2: I think that people in the clinic will be good at this by the end of tomorrow, even by the end of today. And I think it has everything to do with perspective. Uh-huh. So I'm only as good as my experience will allow, right? Based on my experience, I think I do pretty well. So it, it varies. I think to be competitive nationally, it typically takes a, a year. It could take a year or two to get to where you could basically hold your own within your division in competition some people though are more immediately athletic and coordinated enough to be able to utilize the multitasking that it takes to be able to do horseback archery efficiently and effectively very early so it, it really it depends on the person and the horse that they have access to whether it be their own or a borrowed horse which is really common in our our discipline it's it's part of the culture for people to share horses or use horses that aren't their own. Let's
0: break that down a little bit. How much of horseback archery is the horse and what does he need to do particularly well to score well in horseback archery?
2: My horse's job is to maintain gait and maintain direction. So if I put my horse in the canter, I want the horse to stay in the canter until I ask him to do something else. If I point him in this direction, I want him to continue in that direction unless I ask him to turn. If you're riding on a straight track with barriers, the horse doesn't need to be as easily maneuverable as if you were out in an open field having to maneuver while shooting. But the biggest thing is that the horse is confident and quiet, not easily shaken, and not rushy. That way you can shoot without the horse compounding in speed, getting faster, or you, you wouldn't want the horse to be flighty. But all of those things with training and time can be, the horse can be acclimated to what their job is. And a lot of horses really, really like the sport because the rider can't really micromanage them like we really like to do. So the horses really kind of fall into their job really well. And on a horse, even on an open field event where there are no barriers or a real path that tells the horse where to go because they like following rabbit trails, If a horse will stay at the canter and just keep cantering where I point them, then I could successfully compete and ride a cross-country course and shoot versus a horse that maybe wants to turn around and go back to their friends or is spooky and jumping or turning. But you can take the average horse of any breed or discipline and really condition them for this sport and make them a useful partner in it.
0: What about the rider? What does the rider need to do particularly well in order to, to be successful?
2: multitasking (laughs) all right and and being able to almost triage the needs of the moment Mm -hmm. right and to me, the first triage would be safety, uh, the first thing that comes in mind. So if my horse is going off path and we're going to run into a tree, I might need to not shoot. Um, <laughs> I might need to turn my horse. So I, I need to be capable of making.
0: Well, now you're just being picky. What second?
2: Oh, I'm not being very yes, you know, um, not funny. <laughs> you know. Or if you're going off path, or right. you know, there there are hazards to riding without your hands. So uh-huh. you need to be incredibly aware of where your horse is around in the things around you. But being able to make decisions of all right, I can load and shoot or maybe I should pick up the reins because my horse isn't listening to my leg and balancing those decisions so that you can ride and shoot effectively but safely at the same time.
0: Where are the reins when you're riding and shooting?
2: I personally like a shorter rein and then I even will take and hold the center of the end of the reins and push forward and tie a knot so that they're even shorter but there's no contact. And then I clip the end of that to my saddle in a way that would break away if the horse were to get caught. So that I have immediate ability to have contact. I just have to grab that knot. Right, right, right. Or I can single rein them, direct rein them if I need to with one hand because the reins are centered right there on the neck. Some people use bungee, uh-huh. like ball bungees that you would use to secure a tarp. Other people use rein... D- holding devices like the boomerang so each person kind of figures out what their what their ideal setup is and it can be vastly different from the next person but you you don't want your your reins to be long and flowy to be able to shift to one side so that it could get low enough that the horse could step through them correct or get hung up on anything else and if the faster you go the longer it can take to stop (laughs) and so (laughs) When You you need to be able to have immediate access to your reins for safety. That way you can stop your horse or change direction if needed.
0: What else do we need to know about?
2: Everyone should try it. Every single person in the world, whether they're a rider or not, they should try it. We even have a participant in the clinic this weekend who's never ridden. horse before. so she Seriously, she took um, Heather here, did a Bridalist riding intro to Bridalist Riding Clinic, Mm -hmm. and she said, oh, well, beginners are welcome, so she signed up, and she came here, and she said, well, I've never ridden a horse. So Heather and I teamed up to make sure she was safe, and she had a a buddy with her all the time to make sure she was, you know, the horse never went where it wasn't supposed to. So she got the basics of riding in yesterday, and did really well, so she's going to participate in the clinic riding today and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I think she's now going to be a a crazy horse person like the rest of us (laughs) so she has been absorbed into the collective not only of horseback riding and horsemanship but into the horseback archery world because the, the the atmosphere and the people are really neat I've been in competition and had an equipment malfunction my bow broke and I had five people handing me theirs, So oh my use my God. equipment, use All my right. equipment. So it's just a really incredible atmosphere. The horses typically love it. Some horses don't like it. They mm-hmm. don't like the arrow leaving or the sound of the arrow hitting the target. Some horses aren't as, they're maybe more insecure, and they need the support of the rider more often than not. right. But for the most part, horses are like, oh, we're doing archery. I'm going to be left alone. <laughs> I can just walk Trotter Canter in this direction, and that's all I have to do. You know, it's, it's, it's not for everybody, but for the majority of people that try it, they either enjoy it so much that they're going to continue it, or they're like, that was a really nice bucket list thing, and I'm glad I did it.
0: And if people want to find out more about where where would you send them?
2: The main national organization in the United States is Mounted Archery Association of the Americas, or MA3 for short. There's a list of clubs all over the country. There's another national organization called Horse Archery USA. It's much smaller and more concentrated towards the East Coast. My club is Chattahoochee Horse Archers. The facility that we train, practice, and compete at in Tennessee is Tennessee Valley Archery. And then here in California, we've got Poseidon's Horse Archers that are hosted at Hidden Creek Ranch in Maricopa. Cool. Thank you so, very much. Yeah, no problem.
0: Later, I talked to Heather Lomax, who teaches bridleless riding at the Hidden Creek Ranch.
3: Heather Lomax of Hidden Creek Ranch. And we have a 60-acre ranch and a 40-acre equestrian and mounted archery facility up at about 4,000 feet elevation in the mountains. It's pretty picturesque.
0: And how much horseback archery do you do?
3: So I started horseback archery last June. I have been a clinician and a horse trainer for a number of decades, specializing in gated horses, horse rider relationships, and bridalist riding. So the mounted archery and the horse priority was a natural combination for my operation.
0: And so what are you doing this weekend?
3: I am co-teaching with Elizabeth to build my clinician skills in this discipline to go out and do more more clinics and lessons than I currently do in mounted archery.
0: And how many competition opportunities are there for somebody if they want to get into horseback archery?
3: In California right now this year there are five competitions in California. Two at our facility, one in Sonoma and no and one in San Diego, so there's only four this year. There's usually, there would be six probably next year.
0: If you have a horse, is it an expensive sport to undertake?
3: Horses are expensive, right. <laughs> so any sport adds to that. It's not super expensive. It To me, a weekend of competition is probably equivalent to a weekend of show fees in travel and stabling and things
0: and what about the equipment I looked at cowboy mounted shooting a long time ago and those pistols and such were pretty expensive uh, and expensive to me is over 500 bucks okay so, so i'm ent- a cheap son of a guy
3: <laughs> entry level you know assuming you have a horse and you have proper tack and equipment you can get a bow to start with for around a hundred dollars uh-huh. and a nicer one for around 300 you can go up from there arrows vary they're Seventy-ish dollars a dozen, or something like that. You can get custom and, and go up from there. So it's for horse things. It's not relatively too, yeah, doable. not too bad.
0: And the arrows obviously are reusable. You probably might break one every once in a while.
3: We lose a few. <laughs> you lose a few. You break a few. We shoot a lot, so we increase the risk of breaking them. Um, but it's it's totally worth it.
0: If someone were going to get into this sport, what would be the one thing you would want them to know?
3: It would probably be stronger if they knew horses and and focused on riding. But you can be an archer and take up horseback riding. You can be a horse rider and take up archery. Or you could have done neither and do them both. I've in the last couple of months taught all the levels: zero riders, you know, zero riding experience, zero horse archery experience. And by the end of half a day, they got to shoot off the back of my horses that are trained to do it. And they do that weekend and week out with beginners from the los angeles area and the coast as well as established equestrians and even competitive archers have come out to my place to learn to give it a try
0: very awesome and if so if people want to find out more about what the programs you offer in southern california where shall we send them
3: send them to my website www.hcrgatedhorses.com look up hidden creek ranch maricopa california google yelp facebook instagram
0: perfect (laughs) thanks thanks for joining me thank you then I thought it was important to talk to one more clinic participant. I found Terry from nearby Tehachapi, who told us why she was interested in horseback archery.
4: I'm Terry. I'm from Tehachapi. Hi, Terry. And we're out here at Rancheria Equestrian Center,
0: and you're doing a mounted archery clinic. Is that right? Yeah. And who's the uh, clinician?
4: Elizabeth Tyden
0: and have you done some of her clinics before
4: yeah this is my third one
0: great
4: how did you get into
0: mounted archery
4: it's a carryover from my sca archery society for creative anachronisms and i'm an archer in uh, my kingdom is kyad my barony is uh, dunor i'm like right on the borderline up in Tehachapi. the archery practices are all the way over in ridgecrest And so I found out about this, and so I thought, hey, I'll give it a try. And is it
0: an expensive sport to get into?
4: Depends on whether or not you own a horse.
0: And if you own a horse? No. What about the uh, archery equipment?
4: Well, I did a lot of research. I bought a really expensive bow, fell off my horse and broke it. (laughs) So the one I'm shooting with today is an accidental order off of Amazon. You know, it works. It works. And
0: where do you find competitions?
4: Wherever there's an SCA event, <laughs> which is basically closed down until June. You know, the old coronavirus. And so this is a good practice. Very good. Well, thanks for talking with us. Okay, well, thank you.
0: Recording outside, especially at a stable, is always challenging. Thanks to Elizabeth Tennan for taking time from her clinic to share her love of horseback archery. It looks like a wonderful sport, and the horses love it too. If you're interested in trying it, I'll have all the links mentioned in the show posted on woepodcast.com. If you would like to share a story or experience about your horse, or suggest the guest, I'd love to hear it. Send an email to john at woepodcast.com, or connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under the name Woe I'd love to hear from you. I've been improving my YouTube channel, John Hare and Horses. Check it out. My goal is to share as much stuff about horses and horsemanship as I can. The more we know, the better it will be for all our horses. That's what it's all about. Stay safe and healthy. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast with your friends and riding buddies. Until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody.